roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called... Oh, hello. Welcome. Welcome to Stab. Again, it's a packed house. We're not going to show you. We don't need to prove it. We don't need to prove it. Um, welcome. I'm the host, John Morstras IV, um, and it's good to be here. Hello, Facebook. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. It might turn off at some point. Uh, are you guys ready to meet your contestants? Wonderful. All right, welcome to the stage. Already on stage, Mr. Steve Ferris. Woo, Steve Ferris. Right next to him, Becky Lynn. Becky Lynn. And writing his prompts at the end of the stage, Mr. Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones. Staff. Steve. Hello. Hi, Steve. Hello, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You could pull that closer to you. Do you need Do you need help? Emotionally. Do you need help with the microphone? No. All right. I like your beard. Thank you, John. Do you have anything nice to say about me? I like your beard, John. Thank you. And you. <laughs> you're a and compliment you're... parrot. That's what you are. You're going to be a parrot later on. <laughs> they might. That was one of the prompts. I'm going to be a parrot? Yeah. Oh, that's right. And we your hair know. looks like a parrot head. Hey. Parakeet. Parakeet. <clears throat> Parakeet. Said you look like a parrot head, a Jimmy Buffett fan. <laughs> Is that what they call him? <laughs> yes. I, I wish it wasn't. I, called, but yes. I thought they called him Margarita Villians. <laughs> well, which would you rather be called? Uh, that's fair. <clears throat> Steve? What's up? I appreciate you. Thanks, man. You're welcome. I appreciate you too. I really love doing this show. So. Are you reading this? <laughs> no. <laughs> it sounded red. I was. Uh, I, I really appreciate no. you doing <laughs> me. Uh, That's how doing I used this to show. do my stand-up. I know. But Have we uh, started the show? We, we <laughs> haven't. <All right. laughs> anyway, thanks, Steve, for being here. We're going to move on. <laughs> All right. Oh, Joey Stoltz is back. Oh, hey. Oh, my God. Oh, I said Joey. his name three times. <laughs> you forgot to close out. Oh, what a dick. <laughs> what a double dick. I'm kidding. Thank you. <laughs> Becky Lynn. Hi. This is your second time on the show? Second time. Should have been your third. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry I about my bad back. <laughs> well, you know, you are sitting down during the show. It's not yeah, a lot of pressure okay. on your back. It's not like we do squats during the show. Okay. I'm, just, right. I'm just kidding. Are, are you, you? Are you? I'm totally kidding. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm always kidding. Are we riffing? No, this is pre-written. <laughs> this is all pre-written. Ben, you look mad at me now. Why do you look mad at me? He is mad at you. you, What's he mad at me about? I don't know. That seems like something you should talk to him about, shouldn't it be? You got involved in it. Don't you cross Ben's (laughs) boo-boo. Ben's boo-boo. Anyways, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. You're doing good? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. I pooped earlier. You pooped earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's better than pooping now. (laughs) Thanks, Joey. Thanks. Yeah. How'd you do that with a bad back and all? <laughs> well, the key, the key to a successful poop is planting your feet. Pushing past, with your diaphragm. Well, you need to lean forward. Right, like a... Yeah, it needs to fall out. You, you need to roll yourself up from the feet like a 
like toothpaste. <laughs> I don't know if that's how bodies work. I... Do you have a squatty potty? I know. I just you have a makeshift it. squatty potty. It's just phone books on either side of my phone toilet. Just stack them up, <laughs> shave them down. They work really well. You can pick up about one selling of those, them on Etsy. Huh? You can pick up one of those phone books and order a squatty potty. Call <laughs> now. Well, I'm glad you're here this time. Thank you. Thanks. That I almost was, sounded sincere. I was glad you were here last time too. Oh. The first time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was here that first time. But thank you for being here this time. Thank you for I having me. I appreciate it. I'm sorry for making fun of you and your your horrible back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Jesse Jones. Yeah. What's your excuse? I have none. You have a cold? Uh, still a little bit. I had mm. a little cold last Thursday. Thanks mm. for asking. Yet he still showed up. Weird. <laughs> I'm kidding, Becky. I'm kidding. I didn't, I didn't have, have to come. Like, I could go. I didn't even finish my prompts. Like, I'm winging it this whole time. That's good. Okay. All right. That's good. This is fun for me. This is good. <laughs> this is a bad way to start the show. Hi, Facebook. Um, all right. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to start the show. Let's. Why is this never working? Why? Oh. Why? Oh, I'll just press it. <laughs> Why didn't? I need Panther. I can't get hard without Panther Growl. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Here it comes. Wait for it. There we go. And Jesse's erect. <laughs> That's the sound it makes. Wow. <laughs> this first segment's called Reorganization Fan Favorite. Uh, like the whole show. <laughs> Please take this re- uh, acronym and reimagine it. What does it now stand for? Who, does it, who or what does it now uh, represent? Uh, in recognition of the Oscars fucking over Sacramento's own Ladybird, uh, today's acronym is SNUB. S-N-U-B. Steve, what does SNUB mean to you? SNUB equals Sacramento Northern Umbrella Bridge. Okay. It's a bridge club. <laughs> that plays bridge while riding the Sacramento Railroad Museum Sacramento excursion train along the river under a big umbrella. But it's not big enough for everyone, so some people who want to play get snubbed. Oh. Some of the people that got snubbed started their own club called the Tower Bridge Club. But it's really awkward because the train goes by the Tower Bridge. So the Tower Bridge Club people, because they're playing on the bridge, right. um, can see how much fun the Sacramento Northern Umbrella Bridge people are having on the train. Like every time it goes by, they're like, you know, just bummed. Very good. Was that it? That's it. That's yeah. it. All right. Thank you, Steve. I still like your beard, Steve. What Nothing, about my beard? Nothing's changed. I can't see yours from here. I wear a lot of concealer. <laughs> Becky, what does snub mean to you? Snub. <clears throat> She's not ugly, but. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite way to preface a catty mean girl insult in my cunty group message. <clears throat> Jessica is such a haggard bitch. Snub. She's not ugly, but her boobs look like they belong in National Geographic. (laughs) Very good. Snub. I like it. I like it. Yeah. 
Yes, let's Woo. turn the energy around in this yeah. show. Okay. Jesse, what's snub mean you? Uh, snub stands for stealthy ninjas utilize barkness. <laughs> stealthy ninjas utilize barkness represents one of the many typos littering the 2018 ninja recruitment pamphlet titled Understabbing the Ascent Ninja Cobe. Countless typos continuously pop up throughout the recruitment paperwork, which I was informed uh, by former ninjas is traditionally typed under the Shroud of Darkness, which may explain the errors. <laughs> uh, some of the other mistakes include references to uh, ninja's use of Sarai's and fear, spelled F-E-E-R, uh, as main weapons of the fearsome Nina. Flyer also refers to the use of uh, misdetection and blending into the barkness, which uh, are believed to actually be improper and even made-up terms rather than simply typos like the rest of the numerous spelling, grammatical, and punctuational errors. Uh, the publisher of the pamphlet, Haruko Aoti, uh, left a note pinned to his katana-impaled corpse <laughs> informing whoever discovered his shame that spellcheck was not employed before releasing the leaflet as the use of spell check to correct any of his errors would only be a greater dishonor upon his family for subsequent generations. And he preferred the shame die with him alone. Or as the note actually read, I prefer the shamo die waff me a bone. <laughs> Very good. That was uh, reorganization. Snub. That brings us to our second uh, topic segment this evening called Pick Up Lines. Uh, please have composed uh, three uh, pickup lines from the perspective of the following. Steve Ferris, let's hear three pickup lines from the perspective of a toothbrush. Are we doing all three we'll at just once? Do, we'll do we'll one. Do one at a time? Then, yeah. All right. Here's my first one. Hey, baby. When was the last time you had some paste? <laughs> Very good. Uh, Becky Lynn, uh, please have written a pickup line from the perspective of your mom's favorite romantic novel. Well, John, as I'm sure you know, the best pickup lines in romance novels are not lines at all, but nonverbal communication. <laughs> <laughs> so this right. is the play-by-play. Me, the woman, stares longingly across the room at the handsome, darker gentleman in the corner. Makes eye contact. Breaks eye contact. <laughs> stares again. Makes eye contact. Breaks eye contact. <laughs> stares again. Winks. Then they fuck in the broom closet. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. You were making weird eye contact with me during the whole thing, too. You're so. welcome. <laughs> ben, <laughs> is this okay? <laughs> All right, uh, Jesse, uh, please uh, have written a pickup line from the perspective of Dijon Mustard. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. <laughs> Do you have any gray poupon up in them jeans? <laughs> Would you like some? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. 
So now we're going to reset it again. Yeah. Pick up line from a toothbrush. Your second of three. Okay. Uh, damn, you clean toilets? Wouldn't mind cleaning your toilet sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good, Steve. Becky, your mom's favorite romance, romantic novel. Also nonverbal. Okay. <laughs> the pool boy <laughs> is cleaning. I dive into the pool, swim a lap, exit gracefully, fuck pool boy in the pool house atop an inflated swan. <laughs> Very it's good, Becky. It's beautiful. It's symbolic of what? I do not know. <laughs> we'll figure that out. I know. These are Very great. <laughs> this is good. Jesse Jones. Oh, no, let's clap for her. Sorry. You, you give, give her her due. It's been intermittent clapping. <laughs> Jesse Jones to John Mustard. Hey, girl. You look like a dry clean only shirt, girl. Because <laughs> once I get all up on you, you ain't never going to get me out of your life. Very good, very good. Steve Ferris, your third pickup line from the perspective of a toothbrush. Okay. You think I'm dirty now? How about we play a little tooth or dare? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Becky Lynn, your mom's favorite romance. I wrote one for this one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, boy. Do you represent years of pent-up sexual frustration due to lack of exploration out of fear of shame? (laughs) Because you're manifesting yourself as a borderline dangerous obsession with overly aggressive sex. (laughs) That's all. Very good. Very good, Becky. (laughs) Jesse Jones. Dijon Mustard. Damn, girl! (laughs) Are you a fancy hot dog? Because I can totally see me squirting between your buns. Very <laughs> good. That's one of the pickup lines. <laughs> Which brings us to our next segment called uh, This Was Today Once. Um, Stephen Ferris, on this day, 1981, the first homicide at Disneyland took place as an 18 year old man uh, was stabbed to death. Also on this date, 1956, Brian Cranston, American actor, director, and producer, was born. How did you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? So what I did was um, I looked up Disneyland on Wikipedia to verify that <clears throat> it did indeed open in 1955 on July 17th. So almost a year before Brian Cranston was born, and maybe a little after his conception. I pondered whether or not there might be any meaning to that. Probably not. (laughs) The best thing I could think was maybe his parents heard it was going to open soon and decided to have another kid so that they would have two kids to take because Brian Cranston has an older brother. (laughs) He also (laughs) has a younger sister, but I'm not really sure how she would figure into it because, you know, that would have been after... Right. Um, I understand. um, After that, I read up on the murder. The guy had pinched another guy's girlfriend. (laughs) Turns out a lot of people have died at Disneyland over the years. 
including another on the same day, but in 1987 in a gang fight. <laughs> so I like went on Wikipedia and read about all the deaths. Uh, some, of, some of the deaths made me laugh, like the suicide from the top floor of the Mickey and Friends parking structure. <laughs> and the 18-year-old who fell off Spanish Mountain but didn't die. He was just paralyzed from the waist down. <laughs> There's a dark side to the happiest place on earth. <laughs> I think they should make it. I want to make Maybe I'll write a script like to reenact like every death that happened at Disneyland over the years. I think just the like, paralyzation ones probably just get fast pass for life. I think that's so. Yeah. <clears throat> I just think like to see all those deaths happen in one movie would be entertaining. Anyway, that's it. That's okay. all I had. Very good. Very good. Very good, Steve. Like a final destination. <laughs> like, yeah, final yeah. destination six, Disneyland. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Becky, on this date, 1908, Cincinnati Mayor Mark Breith uh, stood before a city council and announced that women are not physically fit to operate automobiles. Uh, also on this date, 1911, Willis Farnsworth of Petaluma, California, patents the coin-operated locker. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events? What a day. Well, I left my home, dressed in my regular secretarial garb, take the bus, of course, and I sit in the front, travel downtown to work my nine to five, then I head to Macy's to buy a suit for my husband, in quotes. <laughs> Shove my secretarial clothes into a coin-op locker, and then head on down to Hertz Cars. <laughs> Rent a vehicle with a fake man's ID. <laughs> I decide to rent a 2004 Toyota Camry because I don't have big dreams. <laughs> Just moderate ones, slightly above status quo. <clears throat> then I drive, and I drive, and I drive. And I can be free and embrace who I've always wanted to be a middle-class white male. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Very good, Becky. I, too, have that dream of <laughs> becoming middle-class white male. Well, you look the part. I so look. You, I'm I, not going for I have you. a collared shirt. It's yeah. <laughs> a good one. Don't judge a book. <laughs> I have a collared shirt. <laughs> Jesse Jones, on this date, 1857, baseball decides nine innings constitutes an official game. Not nine runs, okay? Mm -hmm. Also on this date, 1954, Eva Brun, Swedish bishop, was born. How'd you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? It's a day of game changers, John! <laughs> Just willy-nilly shaking up all what was perfectly fine and understood. Till some fucking busybody up and decides they didn't like the way things were and throws it all up into chaos. Nine runs to nine innings? That doesn't even make sense! They're not even the same thing, except they both have nine in them. You can score nine runs in one inning. Boom, game over. Finish your hot dog and get the fuck out of the stadium. <laughs> 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 
or just hang out for the remaining three and a half hours that you would have been there and enjoy this expensive-ass building without having to pretend to care about the stuff going on in the grass in the middle of it. <laughs> and Eva Brunn, the first openly lesbian bishop of a mainstream church in the whole of the goddamn world and all of the recorded history thereof? I mean, just all of a sudden, like that, you, you just... You get to decide that gay people get to believe in God? Just like that? Just like that? <laughs> All right, then. If that's how you want it. If you get to just go around and arbitrarily change America's game and America's God, like there's some made-up bullshit things that you can just be changed by anybody at any time, then, then what? Well, well then I'm going to make changes to your shit, too, then. Watch out. The game-changing hammer's coming down like a seventh-inning stretch Jesus. <laughs> the game of football is now called ball foot. And instead of shoes, all players have to wear balls on their fucking feet. <laughs> why? Deflate your fucking whys and slip them on your feet because why doesn't live here anymore? <laughs> we just changed shit for no reason. How you like that? How's that make you feel? Katie Lang only plays speed metal now. Do you like that? Yeah, probably, because that actually sounds awesome. <coughs> but don't. You don't get to like it, because I'm changing it so you won't. So don't! Guess what? I'm combining basketball, biathlon, and skeet shooting. If you can run all the way up and down the court before your opponent shoots the ball, then you get a rifle that you can use to shoot the ball out of the air when they take their shot. I should be writing all this stuff down, because the more I talk, the more awesome I sound. <laughs> Melissa Etheridge is a juggalo now. <laughs> when do all the huge checks start arriving for all my amazing ideas? <laughs> all right, you know what? I take it all back. Change can be good. I convinced myself. You didn't convince me. I did. <laughs> so go ahead. Play baseball different. Go ahead. Believe in God with all your gay heart. I'm going to be over here booking an amazing halftime show for America's newest pastime. Shoot baskets. <laughs> or rifle ball. The, the fucking N-R-A-B-A. <laughs> the name's not important. The game is. Go bullet hoops. <laughs> Very good. That was This Was Today Once. I do love the idea of Katie Lang in a death metal band. <laughs> Cannibal craving. <laughs> Very good. That brings us to our next segment. Explain it to me. Please explain the following subjects to me, uh, Stephen. Uh, please explain the internet to me. I am a cynical parrot. <laughs> I am a cynical parrot. I told you you were a parrot in the <laughs> beginning. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot. <clears throat> okay. Uh, last time I explained the internet to you, you were a small Amish girl, right? I think so. Did we, have we done this before? I think, I think I explained the internet to you before. Oh, my God. I think I was a baby. You were a baby? Maybe. Like, but you were, were Amish, Amish, though. So, yeah. An Amish baby. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll go back into the... So now um, you're explaining the internet to me as a cynical parrot. Right, right. <laughs> all right I was right. just prefacing it, saying, like, all right, like, we've been through this before. How am I going to do it differently this time? You know? Uh-huh. Uh, so you were an Amish baby. At least I had some confidence that she might understand what I was saying. Plus, 
What makes a parrot cynical? Did someone teach them to say cynical things? So then you're just a parrot that was owned by someone who was cynical. I feel like the best way to explain the internet to you would be to let the internet do it for me. So let's order a dial-up connection from Earthlink. Yes, they still exist. Yes, they still offer dial-up. <laughs> that they are willing to continue existing, offering dial-up, and risk certain ridicule from this stab audience for doing it <laughs> should be proof enough that people are good and look out for each other. <laughs> why, <laughs> why else would they do it? <clears throat> so we get dial-up. Then I put your cage next to the modem for a few months, after which you learn to imitate the modem. <laughs> once, you <laughs> once you have it down, I hold the telephone receiver up to the cage and see if you can connect. <laughs> if you can, then there won't be anything else for me to explain. <laughs> Very good. I wish. Very good, Steve. I wish we could have got that look you gave me at the end of that. <laughs> Becky Lynn, please explain how records work. Uh, I'm a person who's unaware of how records work. Uh, how how old are you? Like person not aware of how records work. Forty. Okay. Well, I plan for you to be like eight. So. Eight. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do it that way. That make more sense. Uh, yeah. Eight. I also didn't write any of this down, so we're going to wing it. Okay, so <laughs> records are made out of this um, rubbery material that's filled with a juice-type product that little micro-elven creatures love. And inside of a record player live small families of micro-elven creatures. And they're there to serve you by playing any diddle that you may wish to hear <laughs> as long as you place a record that has the nutrients they need to survive <laughs> inside of it. So you grab a record from the record store. I don't need to explain a record store. It's pretty self-explanatory, right? Mm -hmm. You go home. You place it on your record player. Mm -hmm. And then that sweet, sweet needle punctures a wee hole into the record mm -hmm. and exposes all of the sweet juices that this little family needs to survive. Mm -hmm. And then they'll play any song you wish <laughs> because they need it to live. That's all. <laughs> this makes me sad. Very good. Thanks. I feel bad for... Oh, it's for sure slavery. Down downloading <laughs> MP3s. <laughs> I feel bad. I mean, that makes as much sense to me is how record players might right. actually work. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> I didn't care to look up the logistics. No, no it's little elven families <laughs> sucking up the sweet, sweet musical nectar. All right, uh, Jesse, uh, please explain to me what's wrong with that bitch Nadine. <laughs> I'm that bitch Nadine. <clears throat> Nadine? Accounts Payable has nominated me to speak to you on behalf of all of the departments located located on the third floor, in addition to everyone who uses the shared ground floor break room during your shifts. 
and a small but vocal group of the midweek landscaping crew. Nadine, this is a job. People come here because they didn't grow up to be astronauts, professional athletes, or dinosaurs like they wanted. But they still need money to pay for things like not being homeless and Netflix. Your constant chipper, upbeat, indomitable spirit and flaky, buttery baked goods are sapping our will to live. The endless string of surprise potlucks basically every week, from Flag Day and Arbor Day celebrations to National Paperclip Appreciation Day and Ann Arbor Day, (laughs) the celebration of the incorporation of the city of Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1824 by land speculators John Allen and Alicia Rumsey, (laughs) who named the town after their wives who were both named Ann, a fact that none of us should know but which we couldn't avoid as it was plastered across the 60-foot-long banner, which you strung up across the building outside the third-story windows, which we still don't understand how you did. You have pre-signed birthday cards in the filing cabinet under your desk <laughs> for every employee's birthday extending out for the next 15 years. That entire filing cabinet is just birthday cards somehow already pre-filled with the signatures and well wishes of everyone in the office, despite none of us remember ever having done so. (laughs) I've even asked you about the cards you have for people who don't even work here, and all you ever say is, just wait. (laughs) And one after another, I've seen people hired which match the names of those mysterious cards, and it freaks me out every time. Your stories of your 13 wonderful boys and 17 beautiful little girls, all adopted from at-risk, urban-risk environments, are, of course, heartwarming and precious, but they're really affecting office productivity. Also, we've all asked you as nicely as we know how to stop trying to get us to, uh, to adopt any more of your special needs dogs. The Roddy Doodle, Rottweiler Standard Poodle Mix, with a baboon heart, uneven legs, and water allergy that I got from you back in October already requires more love than I'm capable of giving any living being. (laughs) So, Nadine, if you could, we'd just like you to dial it back like 95 fucking percent, please. (laughs) And let us quietly hate our jobs, hate our lives, and wait patiently for death. (laughs) That's why it's called work, Nadine. And sure... I'll take one more of your no-bake l- limonade squares. God damn it. <laughs> Very good. That was a segment called... This is a, the third book that I'm, that I'm putting out is going to be just subtitled <laughs> That, that Bitch Nadine. Because yes. it's going to have... We're up to like five or six Nadine prompts at this point. I think that's... I don't... I quit counting. Yeah. It, it just comes up and... It wasn't my fault this time. <laughs> Lindy's like, that bitch Nadine needs to come back. I'm like, okay. You have sex with me. I'll do what you want. <laughs> I'll do whatever you say. Uh, sorry. This uh, last segment um, is called Movie Makeup. Uh, please have composed a synopsis for the following movies that we made up. Stephen Ferris, uh, please have written a synopsis for the movie called Come In. Okay. <clears throat> uh... A newly introverted 42-year-old gay man tries to go back in the closet after living openly since he was 15. 
He gets married to a woman, starts a family, and moves to the suburbs to hide from the world, all while continuing a secret gay affair with his former husband. Tensions rise as he tries to get his now boyfriend to go in the closet with him, threatening to reveal his secrets to his family. But in today's liberal society, will they even care? <laughs> 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 Very good, Steve. It's Very the good. saddest movie makeup we've ever had. I know. I was like, what? I feel so bad. Why? Why did they do that to him? <laughs> Becky Lynn. The name of your movie is called uh, The Shape of Walter. The Shape of Walter. <laughs> Walter is a middle-aged man who recently lost 180 pounds <laughs> but cannot see the change. His severe body dysmorphia has left him lonely and holed up in a small studio apartment that he both lives and works in. He thought he'd never find love until he treated himself to a session at a local float spa. <laughs> there, he meets Julie, the kind front desk girl that took a liking to him almost instantly. He's weary of love. She's yearning for connection. Can she show him who he truly is? In winter 2020, we'll learn the shape of Walter. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Becky. God damn it. Both of these two just sound like, actual, like Oscar-nominated <laughs> movies. And I've got this dumb bullshit here that I don't even want to read now. Sorry. Fuck both of you. <laughs> what about me? Right. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, it's just <laughs> default fuck you to Jesse Jones. The name of your movie is called Dumb Kirk. Dumb Kirk. Dumb Kirk. Dumb Kirk. Uh, Dumb Kirk was the title of a webcomic that was popular in the late 90s on the biggest, the biggest Kirk versus Picard message board on Usenet. Uh, it was a comic made by Picard supporters highlighting how Picard was easily the spirit captain and Kirk was just a big dumb lunk. <laughs> in the uh, Encounters at Farpoint comic, uh, Kirk's Enterprise runs afoul of Q in the first panel. In the second panel, uh, Kirk tries to hit Q with one of those stupid backhand karate chops and in <laughs> panel three, the Enterprise explodes. <laughs> In the Best of Both Worlds uh, comic, um, in the first panel, the Borg Cube shows up. Second panel, Kirk tries to drop kick a Borg. In the third panel, the Enterprise explodes. <laughs> uh, Chain of Command comic, panel one, Cardassian captor asks how many lights there are. Panel two, Kirk punches the lights. Panel three, the Enterprise explodes. <laughs> I would be surprised if it hasn't already. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the strip ended in 1999, and I will neither confirm nor deny being the comic's original author <laughs> and artist. But if you want to read them, I've got them all backed up on 14 zip disks. <laughs> Very good. Stab's over. Uh, one more time for your contestants. Stephen Ferris, <laughs> Becky Lynn, Jesse Jones, 
If you'd like to hear more of our stabs, go to one of our many online outlets, the primary of which being Stab for Gold. Stab, the number four gold.com. Also, uh, check us out on uh, Stitcher and uh, SoundCloud. Um, also, come on down to uh, Luna's Cafe down here on 1414 16th Street. Uh, they're open all the time. Are you always, are you always open? <laughs> yes, okay. We're, they're closed now, but you guys that are watching on Facebook, uh, come and uh, come down to 1414 16th Street, Luna's Cafe. Have lunch, have dinner. Um, also, uh, remember we have a, um, we have a, what do we call it? It's a, we're, we're doing a TV taping the last week of April, um, and we're, doing, we're raising money for that. So if you could go donate to that, it's, uh, you could find it on our STAB page. Um, what is it? Uh, GoFundMe. GoFundMe. So, yeah, uh, check that out, and uh, please donate. Thank you. Good night. Okay. <clears throat> Goodbye, everyone on Facebook. Goodbye.